Welcome to episode 274 of the No Persinium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro headquarters, aka the kitchen table here in Los Angeles. This week on the show, for those of you who are in the States, happy Thanksgiving. This is being released a little early. Uh, maybe normally it'd be like, maybe you want to escape from your family, but uh, maybe this year you're not getting a chance to see family and uh, you you need some company and hopefully we can be that company for you. Uh, that That is what we're trying to do for you today. Uh, we are going to have actually a relatively busy little holiday break here at NoPro. Uh, you will see a Black Friday gift guide appearing soon enough. Uh, it should be dropping on Thanksgiving. I know, I know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of the, the process either, but there are going to be some really good deals out there and you're going to be looking for stuff and might as well right now go ahead and do that. Um, plenty uh, on that on the back end. I'll actually talk a little more about some of that stuff. Uh, give some other advice on who else to look for uh, in this world in terms of gift guides. Uh, this episode uh, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Catherine Yu, our executive editor, is going to be joining us uh, as we talk with Stephanie Riggs, creative technologist and author of The End of Storytelling, The Future of Narrative in the Storyplex. We're not talking about Stephanie's book, though. We're talking about the Fifth Wall Forum, which is happening not this weekend, but next weekend uh, by application for parts of it, but also parts of it are open to everybody. Uh, the applications are due on November 30th, so here's a chance, uh, something to do this weekend, get your stuff together, um, because they're going to be doing a section where they match make theater makers and immersive technologists, which is relevant to our world because a good number of you are theater makers and a good number of you are immersive technologists. Some of you are the same in one person. And then for all of the enthusiasts who listen to the show, First off, always apologies. Uh, and second off, uh, on the Friday of the event, uh, there's going to be some interesting speakers and you're going to get a nice uh, look at the way things are. I know I'm going to be uh, poking around and uh, looking to take part in um, some of the festivities that weekend. So uh, hopefully I will see you there. We will get into what it's all about in today's interview. And uh, just want to forward promo a little bit. Uh, Stephanie has agreed to uh, co-host one of the sessions we're doing soon. Uh, we're doing some conversations with folks in both worlds, uh, setting those panels up right now. Uh, originally envisioned to be an end of the year thing. Might still wind up being that. Maybe how we kick off next year kind of depends on everyone's schedules. So scheduling things, always fun. We are going to have new episodes throughout the end of the year one way or another. There's a bunch of exciting stuff happening. Um... Like I mentioned, we've got the Black Friday gift guide coming up. A new edition of the newsletter is going to drop as well. Uh, we won't see an Everything Immersive this week. Uh, in fact, we may never see another Everything Immersive this week uh, because it's gotten kind of big and unwieldy and isn't doing what I want it to do anymore. It still does great for traffic for us, but uh, it, some of the things it's doing 
uh, are better at different times of the week and uh, just trying to try to break it up a little bit so it's a little easier to manage and not just this thing I spend three hours on a Saturday doing uh, when when I could be doing other things on a Saturday. Um, so there you go. Uh, so don't look for that, but do look for the newsletter and look next week for some more special announcements and for some of the things that Everything Immersive this week turns into. Uh, as always, if you are looking for new experiences, do go to the Everything Immersive website. That's something you definitely want to check out, everythingimmersive.com. We're still in beta, still kicking the tires, figuring a few things out, coming up with new categories, because people coming up with, like, keep doing new show stuff. Um, it's all really fascinating, actually. Uh <laughs> I know it's really fascinating because we spend hours and hours and hours talking about this stuff behind the scenes, about how we're how we're cataloging this world. Here's another thing. Uh, Catherine found a really interesting article that just dropped in Variety today uh, about all arts organizations or media companies now, how the pandemic is transforming theater. I haven't a chance to look at it yet, but she dropped this into uh, the Everything Immersive Facebook group. Uh, and this is... Uh, you know, here's here's one of the it's here's here's the key thing about this is that there's a survey about online theaters, new audiences. Um, this is an, uh really interesting point here that uh, there's a lot of people who've never gone. Uh, so, yeah, a recent study from JCA Arts Marketing found that 43 percent of the digital audiences in the survey had never attended an in-person performance at the company that theater that presented the show they saw online. So all new audiences being opened up uh, by the current situation. Um, you know, our world has changed irrevocably. Lots of bad stuff. But this new audience thing, good. That's a good thing. And uh, if people play the cards right, they'll keep it going. We're going to be talking about these kind of issues in the interview ahead. Let's just do a little bit of the bookkeeping for the week. Um, two new backers. Thank you so much to Lily Hung and to Braden Roy for joining us. Uh, makes a big difference. We are currently, right now, Right now we're at 249, so we're just one away from that magical 250 number uh, that we've been chasing for a while that we got. So hopefully gonna gonna get it back and go forward. Uh, next week is Giving Tuesday, uh, and I've got I've got a little very tiny thing planned for Giving Tuesday. Uh, not gonna be hitting you up uh, mercilessly, but I do thank everyone who keeps us going here uh, via the Patreon. Um, like seriously, this is how we do it. Um, everything we do. We do on the back of this. It's terrifying. And that means our sustaining backers who keep us, keep the, 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 they are the arteries through which the blood flows. That would be Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sydney Guillory, Emily Gillette, Brittany, and Elaine. Thank you all. And, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's all sort of done in the order that everybody joined up. Um, you ever wondered why why is it that order i was like oh well, that's that's the order everybody signed up in um there mysteries mysteries endlessly explained here uh let's get into this interview and i'll talk to you a little bit on the other side <laughs>
All right. As mentioned in the cold open, we have Catherine with us here today. Hello. Here I am back again. And also Stephanie Riggs, creative technologist and author, who's coming to talk to us about the upcoming Fifth Wall Forum. Hello, Stephanie. It's been a minute. Hi. It's been way too long. It's great to talk to you again. Um. It has been way too long. We'll we'll get into the that a bit when we get into the the heart of the matter here, um, sort of the the why all this is coming together. But I'm hoping you could break down for us uh, just what Fifth Wall Forum is, because this just popped up on the radar uh, in the middle of November, and it's coming up really fast here at the top of December. So, yeah, the floor is yours. Absolutely. All right. Fifth Wall Forum. This is really an open source kind of labor of love for folks who are passionate about theatrical storytelling um, and really the limitless potential of immersive technology. Um, It's intended to be kind of a jumping off point for people to connect from the theater side, from the immersive tech side, and to make connections between the brilliant creative minds that come from both uh, and see what happens. Who's all involved with what you're doing? Because I'm hoping you can kind of get a sense of, of the shape of what people are in store for if they, if they jump into the pool here. Because I know there's a deadline coming up. Yes, absolutely. Um, since August, I've been working with an incredibly passionate group of people, which include um, Brendan Bradley, um, Alex Klum, Brandon Powers, uh, Adora Udoji, Samantha Wolf and Kyle Wright and David Rodriguez was um, kicked us off in the beginning, but had to step off for personal reasons, but was uh, very much part of bringing everybody together. So I uh, maybe you recognize some of those names. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that, so that's, that's the core team. And then like, you know, what, you know, you, we've talked off mic about, um, you know, the, the structure of the weekend. So I'm hoping you can kind of, give people a breakdown of that. Yes. Um, so in putting this together over the past several months, um, you know, we've got people from the immersive tech side, we've got people from the theater side um, and people that kind of straddle the middle and have an overview and bouncing ideas around about how do we bring these two groups together and do something more than just talk, right? There's been a couple different forums like um, Performance XR and different places that um, people have introduced technology, immersive technology to to theater and vice versa. But there hasn't been a place where you can really go and get some tangible takeaways and really start getting dirty and getting in the sandbox. So we structured it so that on December 4th, which is a Friday in the afternoon, we can bring everybody together, uh, really um, start with the inspiration and laying the ground work for a basis of, you know, a quick primer on what is immersive technology, um, what is things that, what are different levers that can be pulled to use that in the theatrical um, narrative sense. And then on Saturday, kick off into two different tracks. And one track is called Bring Your Production Virtual. 
And this track is really intended for theater producers, um, people that might have had shows that started to go up but had to go down because of COVID or they haven't been able to launch and get them going. Um, and they want to do something more than Zoom theater. That is not what we are talking about here at Fifth Wall Forum. We are talking about really embracing um, more of the immersive technologies, anything from desktop to mobile to headset. Um, what are the different pros and cons of that? And for Bring Your Production Virtual, you can apply to bring your production um, and say uh, and work with, in this case, Brendan Bradley on how that production can benefit or be augmented and be brought to life through immersive technology. Um, if you don't already have a production and you are on the theater side and just aching to, to work in new mediums while your stages are closed, if you're on the immersive tech side and you've always wanted to do something live, but you just don't know how to meet, which is a core problem that we kept running into, we're gonna be bringing those people together and we're gonna be pairing them up with a mentor. And um, the Saturday event is really a kickoff. And we're gonna kick off, introduce, kind of lay some groundwork. And then what happens from there between Saturday and March 13th when we regroup uh, is really up to the people that are involved, um, how dedicated they are to um, pulling something together, how far they want to take it. If you just want to brainstorm and you don't want to build, that's, you know, we're asking all these questions on the application so that we can combine the right people um, and the right interest levels of people. But if you, maybe something takes off and you are able to, you find a core team that you love working with and you start building something, we would love nothing more than that to happen. Or maybe you just get to meet some other people doing some really cool things and maybe that's people that you can work with in the future. But the idea is really to connect people. So then we'll be coming back to, together in March of 2021 and, and seeing how all of that went. So, so you're planning like kind of like a, a, a demo day or a reconvening in the spring? Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't say demo day because it kind of puts pressure on you have to make something. And, you know, some of these conversations might not be, you know, might not, that might not be the direction that they want to go in. So, um, or maybe, you know, they're developing and they really dig into the dev side of it and they don't have a necessarily a product, but maybe they get to the point of having a blueprint and they realize they need to bring on other people into their team. Like we're, we're letting this really be free form and saying, you guys are the creatives. You guys have the ideas. We just want to bring you together. All of this is happening in the context of just what's happened to all of us with the pandemic and uh, a shift in the fact that, you know, as we all know, theaters can't operate right now. Uh, immersive theater has, you know, mutated uh, into, you know, some hybrid multimedia uh, experiences um, of which, you know, everyone who listens to this show on the regular knows just how broad that all is. But specifically when it comes to some of the more, uh, some, uh, some of the virtual reality side and even some of the the non-3D immersive tech, Catherine, I know you've, you've been getting exposed to a lot of this stuff on the festival circuit for us and also uh, over at, over at USC these days. So Maybe you can kind of give everyone an overview of just, you know, where where we are in terms of this world at the moment. An overview, just a quick overview just on quick, the spot of, of all yeah. of the different tools that everyone's doing. Well, what do you expect you were going to, not all the tools, no, 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 <laughs> not the tools. I just want you to talk about like what you've, ex what you've experienced, right? 
I mean, just from that 10,000 foot view, uh, people doing plays in virtual reality, uh, VR chat, alt space, custom built platforms, uh, virtual escape rooms, and that could be like a solo experience in virtual reality as a game or something that's more communal, like Adventure Lab. And this is in addition to people picking up texting as a tool, custom websites as a tool, in addition to Zoom or um, platforms that are trying to bring more spatial awareness. So even though you might be on your desktop, you might be on something like High Fidelity or GatherTown. Uh, and I think it's just it's really interesting to see where people gravitate to if they want to take more of a transmedia approach, if they want to do something that's more like that, like uh, Zoom theater, Brady Bunch, Square of Faces approach. And, you know, I, I just find the live performance in VR really exciting because we really are thinking about these embodied approaches and what it feels like to have presence and to engage the senses and to be able to communicate using voice, body language, gesture, et cetera. Um, so I guess I wanna throw this question over to Stephanie. Um, what if you are someone who's used to Broadway, off-Broadway, proscenium stage, and you're like, well, I just don't wanna reproduce what I used to do in VR. Like that, that to me doesn't seem very interesting. So what, what do you say to that person, Stephanie? Good question. How much money do you have? How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm just kidding. I, you know, the, the beautiful thing about theater and the thing that we love so much is the thing that's been stripped away, which is that live element and everything moving over into digital. And I think we have to be realistic about what that changes. Um, and where we need to go from that. So, you know, while Zoom theater, you know, there's a lot of stage readings and, you know, different attempts to put things up um, on Zoom, it's connecting and saying, okay, how do we, how do we make this feel like this is live? It's immediate that I'm in the same space with you. I thought what Plumhouse did was really cool um, with being, you know, you having a chat window and the actors, it's incorporated into the actor's dialogue. Um, what are those different ways that we can not use technology for wh- even what it's built for, right? Like Zoom's built for conferences, but um, if we're going to use it for something like live theater, getting back to the core of what we love about theater and what works for theater and saying, how do we, how do we play around with that with these new technologies? What would you also say to like folks who maybe are just looking to, to recreate you know, what they've done before. Cause I think that there's, there's a ton and this is, this is where things might have a bit of growth. Like I know for us, you know, the prospect of someone doing and by us, I mean like myself and Catherine and like a lot of the no pro crew, like the prospect of someone just like, Hey, we really want to do a production of Hamlet. You know, I'm not going to name like another show. I'm just gonna name like the big Shakespeare. Um, and, and they just want to do that. You know, they want to be in their comfort zone. They want to kind of get back to what they love doing, which is performing for people, not necessarily um, doing all the interactive, you know, elasticity for the audience and the performers, things that we, you know, strive and chase all the time. Is this for those people too? Is this, is the idea here? Well, yeah. They'll start with that question. Then I'm kind of wondering, you know, how that conversation with that group that's putting this on, how how that kind of began and evolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think there is absolutely a place for, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an actor and you're used to doing eight shows a week on a Broadway stage or, you know, at the, at the Geffen or something along those lines, then, and you're like, I can't do that, but this is what I have to bring to the table. What can you do with it is kind of being open to that possibility and being um, receptive to, okay, it might not, you might bring what you expect to bring, but there might, somebody might have a different twist on it that could open up that potential so that you can perform. And it might not be on a stage the way that you initially expected it to be, but if you're open to the possibility, there might be other opportunities. I mean, there definitely seem to be two camps in my theater conversations of there's either people that want everything to go back to the way that it was, and they're just waiting for, you know, let's get the vaccine, let's, you know, pack our houses again. Um, and then there's other people going, it's not going to go back to the way that it is. Even if, even if theater does go back to the way that it is, our audience isn't going back to the way that it is. You know, your, your grandparents that would have been in a theater are now, you know, becoming TikTok stars or, you know, like they're becoming more adept to things and our audiences are evolving just as fast as some of the technology is um, at this point. So I tend to think that there's always going to be a place for live theater in its traditional form. And what we have the opportunity to do now, if we turn this challenge and this and the struggle of, of the theater community into something um, bold and creative and open ourselves up to the possibility that we might find something that we can even bring back to the traditional stage. Like, can we integrate a, um, AR in a way that's natural and fitting into a traditional theater setting. Like maybe that's something to explore. So I, I think there's, there's definitely a place for them, but this is, if you, if you're trying to create theater the way that it was without the immersive technology and then, and you're not open to the possibility of, of new things, then it, that's, that might be, um, there might be a different place to explore that. Yeah. If we're in this, moment because of the, you know, being cut off from gathering in large numbers of asking ourselves what's the quintessential part of theater and watching people take to zoom and you know do do stage readings or you know producing it, it reminds it, it reminds me of nothing more than the beginning of television when the first thing they did with television much like the first thing it did with the movies was just pop a camera down stage play, you know, and like, what was it like American playhouse or whatever it was, you know, like one of the early television shows, you know, they would just take a play, you know, run a few cameras, intercut between them, broadcast that live. And that's, that's what television was at the start. And, and, and then it's diverged and become much more cinematic, much more about the post-production and, and has its own process. And here we are in this moment when everyone kind of gets dropped into gets well not dropped in but gets gets the core tool taken away and find themselves confronted with all these possibilities. I know a lot of theater makers are asking themselves that question, like, well, what is theater? Like, mm-hmm. you know, does it have to be in person for it to be live and alive? You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
Oh, definitely. And you see that in any time that there's been a new medium introduced into society, right? Whether, you know, I mean, movies were initially moving pictures. It was a picture that moved, you know, before that there would be something on the wall. And if it moved, it would be, you know, a ghost or something. It's, you know, we always start with the mind frame of where we are. And then um, society has to evolve in order, you know, along with the technology. And then the art form evolves as well. Um, but, and I think that, you know, it's so, so tough on the theater side, right? I think I started out in theater, right? At Carnegieville and I went in as a directing major and they make you code, like learn HTML. And I flat out failed like the first several times I tried to code something, but you have to have it to graduate. Right. So it's ultimately I ended up like getting a computer science degree as well once I figured out like code is essentially narrative but um but it can be intimidating to start with it can be like you know my my communication is live what I know to do is visceral and in body and I don't know you know I it can be intimidating to think um do I have to learn how to code to be able to do this and that is a lot of what fifth wall forum is about is kind of taking that fear out of collaboration um, giving people a common ground and a common vocabulary to work with um, so that they that we don't get trapped in what we don't know. Catherine, you're, because you're at USC right now, you're at a point where... I live in unity, yes. You, you, you live in unity, <laughs> but also you're connecting with a lot of people who are at different points of this intersection. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you can kind of maybe talk to you know, the folks who are coming from, from the coding side, uh, who are looking at this liveness thing, uh, maybe with new eyes. Yeah, I think, um, well, first off, our, uh, my specific department, USC games is kind of next door to the media arts and practice department. And that's where Samantha Gorman got her PhD from. And a bunch of people, uh, Danny Wilson, Tracy Fuller, like a bunch of my professors are giant theater nerds. They come from theater. They love theater. Um, they're also escape room nerds. So they love theme parks and embodied experiences and things that are tactile. And so I don't, it's weird because yes, I spent a lot of time with Unity and C Sharp and coding and whatnot, but I don't, I see a lot of the similar skills, right? Like I see the way that a theater person can direct the audience's attention and help take an audience member on an emotional journey is very similar to the way that game narrative ends up being designed and the amount of agency in games is not that dissimilar from the amount of agency that you might have in an interactive theater production. A lot of the same principles of level design are applicable to immersive theater, they're applicable to escape rooms, they're applicable to theme parks. and you know, uh, to me, a lot of it, it just, it ends up bleeding together, it ends up being a lot of the exact same thing. So I'm really, really heartened for you to say, Stephanie, that if you don't know Unity, come to Fifth Wall, right? Like, if you don't know how to code, it's okay. We're going to matchmake you, like, we're going to find you people to collaborate with who understand maybe um, some of the gaps that in, like, your domain knowledge, but also, like, your theatrical domain knowledge is also extremely valuable because you think about things like character development, story. Um, you probably know a lot about environmental storytelling that maybe doesn't necessarily come to the forefront, but whatever you know about embodiment, movement, uh, blocking, set design, like, that actually 
always comes up in my game design courses, like that kind of choreography, what happens, the timing, the pacing, the transitions in between scenes. So to me, um, I feel like it's all different parts of the same element. I don't, I don't, elephant, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think it goes both ways. Like you're saying, I think sometimes it's, you know, oh, you know, the theater people need to get caught up on technology. And I honestly, truly feel like technology has so much to learn from theater, like you're saying, like, and that's the balance that we're trying to strike here with Fifth Wall Forum is, you know, we've got um, a really strong theatrical um, uh, team, and we're going to be announcing the mentors uh, very shortly. And that's, I mean, they're incredible. The, the, the people coming from the tech side that um, play around maybe more on the dev side are, are incredible. And then the people that have already been playing with mixing both of them, um, you know, all three of those coming in and saying, okay, we're all, it's nobody, nobody's on, on a pedestal. The tech isn't on a pedestal. You know, the theater isn't on a pedestal. We are all in a sandbox together. Like, let's just see, what happens groovy uh i also have like a fun anecdote from school um in one of our class sessions the professor is like hey don't meet in the classroom we're gonna go to the sound stage and i'm gonna make you set up lights so that you understand how lights work in unity and Everyone mm -hmm. needs to bring like closed toed shoes, make sure you wear like thick like work work gloves, you know, gardening gloves or like kitchen gloves. And you're, we're gonna like go find your favorite scene from a movie and then you have to recreate it using studio lighting. And that's how you learn how to like light stuff in Unity. And so when we had that session, like I, it just felt like the landscape shifted for me because I was like, oh, of course. This is theatrical. Oh, I get it now. I get it now. How did? How are the other students like taking that? Because that's the thing that I'm interested in, right? Oh, they is freaked that, out. Yeah. <laughs> so that right there, this is what I'm interested in. Is like we've got this. We've got this moment here. Where we've got. It, it makes sense when the people who are like baked into their careers, like they look at like theater people looking at coders and and game designers and being like, that is so different from what I do, and the and the vice versa being true. But when people are in school, particularly at a school where, as you mentioned, the professors are all kinds of they're they're kind of, you know, everything nerds, and, but all of whom have like really strong foundations. I mean, yeah, like you know, <laughs> Danny Bilson has written movies and run television shows and you know uh uh sam roberts is a theater director whose work i've seen in the theater as well as at, you know running indicate yada yada um the the students coming in and kind of getting confronted with this slightly radical idea right now that these two disciplines are in conversation with each other uh seems like yeah, I'm just curious how that's how that's how that is going, and and maybe also Stephanie, how that's starting to like filter into as you're seeing people come out of programs and enter into this world. You know, how where are we in navigating this? Um, merger's the wrong word, but cross cultural exchange, if you will. <laughs> I guess collision or pollination. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, my department is technically part of the film school, like we are part of the School of Cinematic Arts, 
Uh, I think a lot of the students were surprised how much they enjoyed working with real lights and like gels and stands and sandbags. Um, and then when I've been taking my themed entertainment courses, I'm talking to some of the undergrads and they're, they're set designers, like they're theater majors who are doing themed entertainment minors. And so I think to some extent, because themed entertainment basically steals from everyone, they're a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that VR is not far behind. I mean, like, yes, I want some Sleeper more and some Dungeons and Dragons, but also uh, some Witcher and Watchmen. And I like this and I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to, like, the, the best artists literally steal from everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I was in, at Carnegie Mellon, I was in the first entertainment technology center program, right? Nice. Where, which is very similar to, you know, a lot of stuff going on at maybe the Yale blended reality or NYU future realities where people come in with, it's a graduate program. So you're coming in with your background in theater or your background in, in um, programming and the idea being you're working on projects to, um, to see what happens. And these are like projects that are at the, at the time it was things like Disney quest, um, which, you know, we're all familiar with how, how that went, but um, it, it was always been that kind of that cross pollination where you're leveraging, you, you can come in with your core competency and then the key to a successful collaboration is everybody being at the top of their game, but everybody being open to collaborating with each other and knowing, you know, a little bit of enough of each other's languages that you're not doing the job for them, but you can do what I like to call the magician sleight of hand, right? So if you are, um, if you're running up against problems with like how many things you can network or something along those lines, you can uh, over, you can compensate for that maybe on the live side or on the graphic side so that you're, you're always trying to balance the elements to create the overall effect. And that to me is, is super exciting. It's not that we all need to speak every dialogue out there that comes in with immersive collaboration, but that you have these different, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear my baby in the background. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, um, you're so impressive, Stephanie. You're uh, doing all the stuff and being a mom. <laughs> <laughs> just got a shout out to that right <laughs> thank you thank you as they shut down the new york city schools today um yes but um so so i think that that's really where it's at and it is like getting your hands having respect for each other's disciplines but letting everybody be great at what they're great at in in your cadre of the the people working on fifth wall with you what are some of the conversations that have sort of generated the most heat amongst your crew where where where's the heat and the light in from your point of view yeah i think trying to do right by both communities has been something that we really struggled with um there there were several different versions of this that were put forth by different um different members that suggested uh, different ways forward, whether it's, you know, start really starting really small or making sure that we don't have, uh, you know, do, do we do it inside a space so that people can get used to the technology um, and just wanting to ultimately what we came down to is people want to create, they just don't know how to. 
um, which is why we've got like the, the two main tracks on Saturday. But there was a lot of discussion about like who who's our audience and and who can we help and not being everything to everybody, but mm-hmm. creating the best possible experience for the people that um, that really do want to do something. I keep finding myself thinking, you know, as, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, um, this, this motion of theater folks entering into VR, you know, there's some folks who are coming from immersive and there are other folks who are jumping in from Broadway or from regional. Um, and it's just, it's so, it's so interesting to me how that, I don't want to say gap, but like those categorical differences just impact what they wind up making so much, like how much someone's understanding the affordances of what virtual reality can provide. Uh, Because, you know, for, for some folks in the theater, the point is the performance and they're, they're looking at these tools as a way of kind of, you know, getting a performance out to people uh, and that, that can be for someone who's looking for a performance, right. That can be, you know, just all they need, but for folks who are maybe a little more used to the way VR works, it can be like, but, but is there something more? Uh, I wonder amongst the folks that you're, you know, you've been developing this with, uh, is there any of, is there any of that tension in, in the conversations? Um, or, or is there kind of a, a mass consensus around, yeah, the idea is to like really use use the tools to the full, to their fullest extent. Um, I, I don't think that there's any um, any discrepancies in as far as like how the tools are used. Because again, we we're really trying to bring people together to do what they want to with the tools. I think the biggest challenge for us has been. Um, how do we get people with such different experiences? moving together so quickly. So if you aren't familiar at all, at all with virtual reality or augmented reality or HoloLens um, and you don't have that vocabulary, um, how can we make this a collaboration where it's not, you know, getting somebody all up to, you know, spending the entire time getting one person up to speed in a group. So that's kind of why mm. we set the the December 4th, the Friday as a, you know, a, a kumbaya, like coming together with inspiring people that have worked on it, that make it a little less intimidating, but also an overview of um, a quick, quick overview primer of the different technologies and what can be done. And ultimately when the groups come together, whether it's, you know, through the connector or, you know, if they're looking at evaluating different options to bring their production virtual, that they can deep dive into the one that they feel is the best fit for them and their group and their vision. Um, and then we've got the different mentors and, of course, the, the entire team at Fifth Wall Forum here to support and um, facilitate, you know, if somebody really wants to do something on HoloLens and that's like, that is what's going to make their vision, you know, come to life. Like, okay, how do we, how do we facilitate that? How do we get access to that for them? So we're going to be, we're going to be hands on and involved from the December to the March period, making sure that everybody's supported. 
Um, and, you know, and hopefully that's going to help encourage people to, to push forward and dream big, but also kind of, okay, what are the practical levers that, um, that are available for the type of story or experience that you're putting together? So what I'm hearing you say is I can show up on that Friday, no headset, no experience with virtual mixed or augmented reality, and then find find my flock, find my team, and start working. And then let's say March next year, I might have like a prototype to show. It actually starts close. It actually starts even earlier than that with the application process, which is so key because we're asking people ahead of time. Um, okay, so you you can hundred percent come in with no knowledge of a game engine or hardware or software and just have you know just want to perform live. And then if there's somebody else in the application process that's like, you know, I have something I've been batting around with, but I don't have any performers to work through some of like how I, how to best create this or maybe how to um, evolve the narrative, then we can pair those together. Yes. Kick it off in December, go as far as you want. Um, and then in March, show us where you landed. So everybody. That's amazing. So don't need a headset, don't need coding experience, mm -hmm. but if you're interested, if you're passionate, if you're open, this sounds like the spot for you. Exactly. So let's let's dial in here on the how. Uh, you mentioned there's an application process. So why don't we why don't we lay out for folks exactly uh, you know the where the whens because we we've, we've knocked out the other the other big questions about yeah. what what it is and and why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. The details for everything are on fifthwallforum.com and that's 5th, fifthwallforum.com. And there's more details on what happens before each of the tracks. And there's a link to the applications and the applications are due on November 30th by 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And um, then as they roll in, We'll be looking through them and, and trying to make the best connections and, and pairing them up with the with the right mentor as well. Um, I'm really excited for our, our team of mentors that are going to be a part of this. And then we will we'll announce who's working together and and help facilitate that conversation. So even, even more than just like it's you're not going to get thrown into the deep end without any structure. <laughs> we're going to we're going to be there to um, help facilitate the conversation and um, connect and offer ways to start brainstorming together and um, start speaking the same kind of vocabulary. You mentioned the mentors are those are they going to be uh, announced uh, after the deadline or this we're recording this on the 19th, it's probably going to go up on the 24th or 25th. So before Thanksgiving for people who, who need the break one way or another, uh, let's we always put this one out. Uh, so there'll be about six, five to six days, uh, before will, will the mentor lists be out then by the time people mm -hmm. hear this or. The mentor list will be up on the 23rd. So by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to go on the website, look at the incredible list of mentors that are going to be working with this and um, get even more excited about the possibilities. Fantastic. Catherine, anything else, uh, anything else popped up for you as we've, uh, as we've given everyone the rundown here? Yeah. Uh, I just, 
I mean, you touched on this a little earlier, Stephanie, but it, the, the, the people who are putting this on your team, a uh, pretty eclectic group. I see architects, dancers, actors. You've done work with uh, theme entertainment and experiential museums as well as filmmaking. So um, I think the fact that the team that came together to do this was already uh, kind of cross-disciplinary really speaks to the fact that this medium is so interesting and has so much potential. Yes, and I also want to give a shout out to Adora, who's over at our lab and has been um, connecting people in both worlds, um, just an incredible um, resource and, and power there as Samantha Wolf, who who kicked this off with her tweet <laughs> saying, why isn't this happening already? And who has stayed involved and um, in bringing people together. And Kyle Wright is over at Schubert and head of um, the, he's the director of digital over there. Uh, so really representing the theater side as well as um, all of our teams that have been in either academia or um, in professional productions and immersive productions. All right. Well, definitely sounds like something at least on the friday side if you haven't been if you don't have a project ready to go or you're not looking to be part of the connector i think everyone in our community even those who are just on the enthusiast side should check out what's happening on the friday for those on the creative side it it definitely sounds like a pool to jump into uh and and just start start exploring some of the options here and I know it's long been a dream for us to just get more conversations going between the digital and the physical sides of immersive. So um, I, I think you all for doing this. Everybody in the pool. Everybody yeah. in the pool. Oh, and Sorry. I think you mentioned this at the top, but uh, what's the price, Stephanie? It's free. It's Woo! free. It is it all is free. free. Yes, yes. This is a time, you know, there everybody who's worked on this has worked on it for free for months and months on end um, to bring this together. And we wanted it to be something where it was not cost prohibitive, especially, you know, in the theater community um, with everything being so difficult right now. But it is 100% free. Awesome. Well, deadline's coming up. Go to the website, check it out, and I hope to see a lot of you who are listening there that weekend. Thank you, guys. Once again, I want to thank Stephanie Riggs for being our guest, and you can find out more about Fifth Wall Forum at fifthwallforum.com that's the number five th wallforum.com and uh again also thank you to Catherine for uh holding down co-host duties on this one because Catherine's been Catherine's been able to do like the big big deep dive um all this year and check out the festival stuff and uh i've been of course you know behind the curve on that because so much of the festival stuff happens on the pc vr when it comes to the xr stuff so many r's just r r r i feel like i'm a you know 16 year old who's just really wants to go see freddy krueger um <laughs> but uh, all that's changed because uh took some of that small business association loan uh which is keeping us afloat and alive and invested it in a pc that will make um well that is already making 
the dive into PC VR possible. And um, uh, my eyes are, you know, it's, I, I haven't found anything. Let me, let me just, let me coach this a little bit, couch this a little bit. I haven't found anything that's like, I've like not anticipated, right? Like that hasn't occurred yet. But I will say that the graphical fidelity that's going on in some of these things that I'm seeing, particularly in some of the VR chat worlds I'm, I'm getting to explore, I, it's, it's such a night and day phenomenon, right? Like particularly out there, particularly in the DIY space, it's so radically different. It's like, it's like watching the future unfold still. And so this, this VR XR future is still not uh, evenly distributed yet. Um, but you know what? In some ways, maybe that's a good thing because everyone's still kicking the tires on exactly what the experience is, what the storytelling should be. And, and this is true of immersive in general. And probably the biggest thing I'm coming to right now, the, the thing I keep on you know, hitting my head against the wall on as people experiment with all of these new platforms, all these new tools, whether it's VR or it's Gather or it's Zoom. Um, drama, <laughs> specifically melodrama, uh, the hooks that make us care about the people in the world that you're building, you know, when that's there, you know, I'm all in. And when it's not there, uh, it, it feels like a lore dump. And, uh, you know, this is true in games as well. I bounced off Destiny, too, uh, because all of the all of the storytelling was, you know, here, read all these entries and things. And um, look, there's a way to do that. Uh, it's called Bioshock. It's called Tapes. <laughs> you know, like you can play it out that way. Um, there's, there's a, that stuff is for the people who want more and you'll get those people wanting more if you give them something in the first place, right? Lore is dessert. Um, it may be the thing that holds your universe together, but it's dessert. Um, give us the drama. So it doesn't matter what you're building in. Give us the drama. This, I tangented on that just because I've been talking with a good number of people lately and, uh, I'm like back on that tip. And it just keeps coming, keeps coming back to that, uh, just in general. Fifth Wall Forum, like we mentioned, it's free, so uh, sign up. Particularly if you've got if you've got a project going on and you're trying to get a project off the ground, please. This is this is a great opportunity for you to connect with some folks. And then, um, God, what else is in the world? There's just there's so much going on. Uh, I was going to talk about the the gift guide. Um, Check out, as well as checking out our gift guide, you're going to want to check out Room Escape Artist. Uh, you want to check out their gift guide, uh, which is now I'll put I'll put the link to our gift guide in the show notes. So I think what I'll do is I'll drop this episode early in the morning uh, on Thanksgiving, and it'll have the link to the I just mean <laughs> literally deciding publication right now, like on the air. Uh, yeah, we'll drop this early in the morning on Thanksgiving. And you'll also know the uh, the gift guide will be up. Uh, we'll also put in a link to the Room Escape Artist gift guide. And uh, between between us, you should kind of have it covered. If you're a VR person, you might also want to check out uh, Steam is doing a fall sale right now. There are Black Friday sales all over the place. 
Um, so Steam's doing a fall sale. Uh, I saw this on Road to VR. Uh, Half-Life Alex is on sale. Guess what I'm buying? Um, I think I saw that Batman Arkham VR is on sale. Guess, guess what I'm buying? Um, <laughs> and uh, Viveport, uh, which is absolutely critical um, in terms of you know, getting to the breadth of VR available on uh, that platform, uh, on the Steam platform. Uh, Viveport is, well, I know, technically not, but let's... Let's let's not disambiguate. I know it's not 2016 anymore, but you know, seriously, uh, it's about to be 2015 again. It's awesome. Um, their annual pass is on sale, and uh, it's looking to be a pretty good deal. If you haven't gone and done the deep dive, uh, and there's you know you want to you want to sample everything. Am I telling you what I'm going to be doing this weekend? Yes, I am. I'm telling you what I'm doing this weekend. Uh, so crash course in PC VR for no one else in over the over the break. Um, along with also just doing like a lot of reading. So, um, what's coming up? Uh, there's something, there's something I'll tell you about next time. Uh, we're, we're doing something, we're doing something I never thought we would do. And I was always reluctant to do. Uh, but this year and the strange circumstances of this year have made it reasonable even, uh, for us to be doing the thing. So, uh, yeah, that was nice and vague, but we'll be asking something of you and it doesn't involve money, uh, and involves just a tiny bit of your time. I'll be asking, uh, things, uh, of you soon. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're, I'm excited. God, that was super vague. Look, it's, it's, we're coming up on the end of the year. Use your imagination. You can probably figure it out. Something we've never really done before. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, there. Uh, there's your puzzle for the week. What is Noah talking about? Eh, that's like my everyday. All right. This is what happens when I do this in the afternoon. And when it's like 421 on a third, on a Wednesday, feels like a Thursday uh, on a Wednesday. And it's feeling like it's, uh, it's going to be dark as night in about nine minutes. So I'll let you go. I hope you have a very good weekend. Uh, if you're here in the Southland with us, um, please stay safe. Uh, Los Angeles is having a massive spike right now and, uh, I don't want any of you getting sick. Um, so I know you do what you need to do and I hope everyone around you does it as well. Uh, let's do the, the Patreon stuff again. Let's do the credits for the show. Um, this show is not possible without the help of our sustaining backers and they are, I'm going to read it backwards. Elaine, Brittany, Emily Gillette, Sydney Guillory, Samuel Mustry, Sam Kinkin, Ari Hurston, Lonnie Hanson, this is hard to read backwards. Paul F., Jan Budman, Mark Baltazar. Oh, that's it. Then Mark Baltazar. Backers sustaining R. See, look, hard to read backwards. Um, I'm going to do that again. I'll do something else. I'll fix it. Um, I, I realized, I was like, oh, my God, all the women are, like, at the end. Why? Why is that? Like, oh, that's right, because that's how the order everyone joined. Okay. Well, that's weird. Music for No Persimony is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. You just notice things when you have a brain like mine. Uh, 
meaning you notice things far too, far too, years, years after the fact, just staring in the face. Um, music is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. These are the things you're supposed to cut. Uh, the executive editor of No For Sitting is Catherine Yu, but we don't cut them here because I like the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, our team is awesome. Uh, shout out to Anthony Robinson, who's having a rough week. Uh, I love you, man. So um, uh, this year will be over soon enough. And um, to all of you, if you've been having a rough year, I know I did. Um, uh, this year's going to be over soon enough. And for all of you who are going like, well, years don't matter. It's like, yo, when you can stop writing things, you know, like, like the resonance matters. Time may be an illusion, but resonance is real. I really need to do this when I'm more caffeinated. I adore you all. I'll see you next week. This has been No Persinium. Like it's like it could be anything else. And until next time, thank you for wearing the mask. <laughs>